Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you for that review. Praise you, Jesus. Now, tonight we're going to continue on our teaching on prayer, but um, we're going to learn tonight how to cultivate the God kind of faith. So let's go to Mark 11, because everything we do unto the Lord, we have to do it by faith. Amen? Amen. Mark eleven twenty two. Everything that we do unto the Lord, it must be done by faith. Our giving has to be done by faith. Our loving has to be done by faith. Our praying has, has to be done by faith. Our treating our neighbors good has to be done by faith. Everything that we do unto the Lord must be done by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. I'm at it, Mark, but I'm going somewhere else. I'm trying to see where the Lord wants to take me. Uh, glory to God. Before we go to Mark, go to Philippians 3. Everything that we do unto the Lord, prayer, giving, loving, walking in righteousness, walking in healing, walking in holiness, loving our spouse, our children, our neighbors, everything has to be done by faith. All right. So faith. Faith is that vehicle that takes us. To the presence of God. Faith is that vehicle that takes us into the revelation of God. Faith is that vehicle that causes us to see God. Philippians chapter uh, 3. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. That I may know him. Faith will cause you to know him. When you come to church, you don't come here to know me. You don't come here to know Sister Holloway or any of the leadership. You come to church to know him. Because if you come to know me and not knowing him, then the enemy can come in and to deceive you by knowing me when it comes to knowing him. That's right. Are you hearing me? Yes. So if you come here and say you just want to know me, you focus on me, the enemy can use that as a deception to you when it comes to really knowing him. Because if you start knowing me, then you would you may equate me 
with him. Remember, I did a teaching, for those who remember, I did a teaching one year that God is not your father and your father is not God. And a lot of times we try to equate our earthly father with our heavenly father. Now, if we had an earthly father who knew the heavenly father and he demonstrated the attributes of the heavenly father, we were all, then we were truly blessed in knowing our earthly father to get to know our heavenly father. But I am not him. I represent him, but I'm not him. So when you come to church, you should allow me, look at it now, look at this word I'm using, allow. You should allow me to represent him to you to show you him. Because I don't want to show you me. Why is that? Because if I start showing you me, then I will be above him. And he said in his word, don't have any other gods above him. So if you look at me and you exalt me above him, then he is obligated to reveal my ugliness to you. That's why when people really get into the pastor or the ministers and God reveals their ugliness to them, they're ready to leave the church. And your, your, your assignment is to come here to know him and allow us to be the representative of him to point you to him. So he said that I may know him. So in knowing him and the power of his resurrection. So when it comes to prayer and when in knowing him, then we can understand there is a resurrection power that is being released in our prayer time. But the only way this resurrection power can be released if you know him. So that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Mm-hmm. Unto his death. Now let's go back to Mark 11. So in knowing him, we have to know faith. We have to to understand faith when it comes to prayer. Okay? Faith is so vitally important in the Christian walk, in the believer's life. That we have to get, uh, the day that you became born again, the next thing that you should have learned after that born again experience should have been faith. That's what you should have learned. You should have learned faith. Because Hebrews 11.6 says what? Without faith, it is impossible. There is no possibility to please God without faith. It's impossible. Without faith, we can't please God. Now, it has not, it's not talking about love. Love has already been established. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. And then we love him because he first loved us. That's right. So love is not the issue here. All right? God, the day you became born again, God loved you. He died for you so that you and I can become born again. Now, from here on out, we have to learn from the word of God and by the word of God, and how to please the Father. All right? 
not loving the Father. Well, even by faith, you got to learn how to love him by faith. But we talk about pleasing the Father. Okay? Because Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, keep your, keep your finger in Mark. Let's go to Hebrews. Let's look at that a little bit. Y'all okay? Y'all got yeah. a little time tonight? Yeah. Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who's the him he's talking about? The same him in Philippians chapter 3, that I may know him. So for you to know him and to please him, it will require faith. Faith will cause you to know him and to please him. If you're trying to know him and to please him without faith, listen to me, it ain't going to work. All right? That's why we need faith. So he says here, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, he is you. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith says that when I come to God, I must believe that he is, we're talking about prayer, that he is a God that will hear us and will respond to us. It takes faith to do that. All right. So in your prayer time, you have, you have to release your faith that says, I believe that he is a God. He is a heavenly father that when I pray, yes. he will hear me yes. and he will answer me. Yes. Faith says, I believe. Because remember, faith, uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. So faith, we don't go by the natural. We go by what the word of God says. Right. So faith, so in prayer time, I said, I believe by faith. I believe that I receive that when I pray, yeah. he hears me yeah. and he will answer me. That's right. Done deal. <laughs> All right. Amen. That's in prayer time. Yeah. Believe that he is, look at this, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek me, seek him. So prayer, remember we've been we, we, so far we learned on prayer. Prayer is a, is a communion. It's a fellowship. It is a relationship with God. So I believe that not only he will hear me and answer me, but when I diligently seek him, and one way to diligently seek him is in prayer. Then when I diligently seek him in prayer, whatever I ask of him or whatever I petition to him or whatever I say to him, he will hear me, he will answer me, and he will reward me. Because let me tell you something. When it comes to prayer time, when you're in the presence of God, all right, remember I tell you prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's, okay. It doesn't mean that you're doing all the talking, all right? Mm -hmm. There are certain things that we have to say, and then we have to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And what we're being quiet for, we are waiting on instructions. Right. And once God gives us instructions on something, he will reward us based on that instruction that he has asked us to do that we will carry it out. There will be a reward yes. in prayer time. So God, will, you in your prayer time, you know, you, you, you're going through uh, 
the reverence and you reverence him and now you quiet. You want to hear the spirit and then the spirit may come to you and give you an instruction. He may give you instructions. He said uh, he might say something to the fact like uh, somebody that you've been holding unforgiveness toward. He may come to you and say, I need you to forgive them. OK, he's given instructions. Now, when God gives us instructions and we uh, we do those instructions out of obedience and faith, he will reward us. Oh, no, you're not here. <laughs> Whenever God gives us instructions yeah. to do yeah. and we do those instructions by faith, we are diligently seeking him in our prayer time. He's given us instructions and we do those instructions, he will reward us. So if God says to, to forgive certain individuals, whatever, and you say, yes, Lord, I will do that. I will forgive them. You know, I ask for forgiveness right there. Any, any, if I harbor any bitterness or any resentment toward it, I just cast that away right now and I just forgive them. Once you do that, God is going to reward you. That's right. Amen. That's why if you get understanding this, uh, understanding of this with the words that, then prayer becomes fun. Yes. <laughs> prayer becomes excited. You want to get into the presence of God because when you get understanding of this, that in prayer time, it, prayer will not just become a laundry list that you give God. Lord, I need you to bless my wife, my children, my grandchildren, bless my church members. If it be surpassed like that, it becomes, you be excited now that you, now you get into the presence of God in prayer and you're waiting on him to tell you something to do so that you can do it and then you can get your reward. That's right. Then now prayer becomes exciting. Yes. Then you find yourself, I want to pray now. Yes. Because I want to pray now to get instructions from the Father so I can do it yes. and so he can reward me. Yes. He can bless me. No, I guess that ain't going. I guess y'all don't want to be rewarded. Alright, go back to Mark 11. I don't know, but I got I got, I got excited. I'm, Man. <laughs> That, that made me. That, that makes me want to pray. So he give me some instructions so I can do it and get rewarded. Yeah. I like rewards. I guess y'all don't like rewards. I like rewards. Mark eleven twenty two. I, I like rewards. Okay. I like rewards from the Father. I like rewards in prayer time. Yes, he'll give you instructions. He'll tell you to do certain things, and you say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And once you do it, then next thing you're looking for your reward. And then God will reward you. God has many ways to reward us. He can reward us monetarily. He can reward us restoration of a broken relationship. He can bring favor in our life. He can reward us with supernatural healing. Just because in my prayer time, he gave me an instruction. Hmm. That's why there should be no room in your spirit, soul, or body for no rebellion. You shouldn't have any rebellion because when you're walking with God, God's going to ask you to do certain things so that he can reward you. But if you have rebellion in you, you're going to rebel against God. And by rebelling against God, then you tie his hands to bring a reward towards you. Can't, can't y'all see this? Yes. 
That's why we don't want rebellion in us. We don't want pride in us. We don't want rebellion in us. We want to be obedient. That, that is what the that is what the the understanding of obedience. That's why we want to obey. Lord, I want to, when God tells me to do something, I want to quickly obey mm -hmm. and do it. Mm -hmm. Then reward comes. Mm -hmm. My reward comes. Mm -hmm. So whatever I need or whatever reward I need, I do not have to confer to the flesh or to the natural. Only thing I have to do is just get in prayer mm -hmm. Wait on God to tell me to do something, do it, and then God will bring my reward. God, it will become supernatural. Yes. Then people are gonna look at you. How did you get? How did you? How did you do that? Let, 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 let me give you an example. Last year, when the enemy attacked my wife and everything, and I would come over here and I would be in prayer. Oh, for her, for her healing and everything. And then I, and I asked the Lord, what can, what can I do? What do I need to do? Because I want my wife to be healed. I mean, I, I, want, her, I want her to be supernatural and healed and everything. And the Lord told me, he said, all oh, I need for you to do is to love her, serve her, be there for her. He gave me a chance. I said, okay. Done deal. Can do. And I did it. And I did. I was there. Spent the night. Yeah. Had to heal. The Lord told me again. He said, play the healing tape. We played the healing tapes all night in the room and everything. We prayed and loved and all that. And then God rewarded me that the lessons that she was believing for, God gave it to her. Then he touched her heart and she gave me her lessons. And I was like, when she gave it, because I, I had it, it, was, it caught me off guard when she said, you know, hey, I want to bless you with my, with my Lexus that I got. And I said, well, well, okay, all right. And I'm like, okay, what is this for? And then that's what the Spirit of God said. Remember in time of prayer, you asked me, what can you do? And I told you, you did That's your reward. Yeah. Amen. That's my Lexus. I ain't make no payment. <laughs> I ain't do that. <laughs> Look at this. God will reward you with things that you're not even expecting. That's right. That's right. Just because you were obedient. Yes. Amen. I wasn't expecting no You know, I was, I was taking care of her car and flying because she was in the hospital. But I know I said, once you get out of the hospital, I know she's going to get back her car, like putting all around and everything. Whatever, you know. Because yeah. I, I, I was happy with my baby, my little saver and stuff. <laughs> But I, I was happy. I was happy with my <laughs> Thank you, thank you. She, she, she's here. But uh, you know, I was happy with my little saber. You know, no problem, no, no big deal. Well, you know, I just, you know, Lord told me what to do. I did. I said, all right, Lord. I did. Now He said, I'm gonna reward you. Here, you got a death-free Lexus. Get out of here. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> if you diligently see, so if you keep rebellion out of you yeah, that's right. and keep obedience in you in prayer time, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. God said, I'll reward you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll reward you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Some people say, oh, nah, that's just coincidence. No, that ain't no coincidence. <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> that wasn't no coincidence. Ooh, I just got it too. <laughs> <laughs> Glory be to God. Yeah. Where did I tell y'all go? Oh, Mark 11. Yeah. 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 All right. Y'all pay attention. <laughs> You <laughs> That's why our God is good. Yes. He's good. Yes. Yes. I mean, Mr. Diane, you got a testimony to that. That's what you just shared with us. When 
Lord told you to sow that seed? Yes. And you was oh, she was obedient. Yeah. Lord, she was at, it was in her prayer time, her communion with God. Uh-huh. And he told her, sow that seed. Uh-huh. And she did it. And uh-huh. look how he rewarded That's right. her and Rob. God reward. Now, you, you know, you don't, you don't think the devil did that, do you? No. <laughs> no. That's not that's not his characteristic. No, it's not. All right. But look how that when we so so prayer is not just okay. You know we come we come here for Wednesday for corporate prayer. Prayer is not just okay. I just come here for an hour. Prayer is any time that you just commune. Yeah. With the Father. Amen. You just you know I, I I like to call I like I like to go inside my spirit and I yes, commune sir. with the Father. Yes, sir. All right, and just hear hear the Father, and in hearing the Father, we want to hear the Father That's right. for instructions. That's right. We want to hear the Father yes. for Him to tell us something to do. That's right. Remember what His mother said. She His mother said, "Whatever He tells you to do, do, do it." And why would it do? Because my motivator behind it is that he will reward me. Yes. So once I do what he asked me to do and I do it and he reward me, guess what happened next? Now you begin to know him. Amen. Amen. You're beginning to know him. Go back over to Philippians. We can come yes. back. Oh, uh, I'm on one of those rabbit trails tonight. Oh, this stuff is good. Yes, it is. Oh, man. I'm going to have to listen to this on the podcast. Next oh, Lord. Because look at this. Oh, this Thank is. You, oh. Philippians chapter 3. Uh-huh. Oh, glory. That's why you need to come to church. You get to know him. <laughs> you get to know him. Look at chapter 3, verse 6. That I may know him and in the power of his resurrection. How do we get to know him? We get to know him when we obey him. Yes. <laughs> so we get to know him through and by obedience, and then the power of his resurrection, the rewarding power. He will reward us, diligently seek him. They shall be rewarded. Now look at this. Now this is a part here that God has given me more revelation, understand of it, because I have some questions in this area. And the Lord is bringing answer or clarity to this. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The fellowship of his suffering. That word fellowship in the Greek is the Greek word koinonia. So the fellowship of his suffering. Sickness, disease, poverty. This is not the suffering that he's talking about here. Okay, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, and all that. Those are not suffering. But he's when he's talking about the fellowship of his suffering, it means that there's a time that when we are walking by faith with God to help us to continue on knowing him through obedience and to experience the resurrection power, the reward of him, the fellowship of his suffering, there are times that when we walk with God that it seems like all the doors are shut. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything 
is stripped away. When he's talking about the fellowship of his suffering, he's talking about there's a time that you're going to walk with God that it seems like everything is shut or stripped away. Um, For example, when it comes to finances, there's going to be a time that you walk with God that in time past, if you didn't quite, you know, use your faith on getting some finances, you always had your your job paycheck. Or you always had your tax refund that you knew was going to come. You always had maybe the uh, cash express that you know that you can go get some money. You always had uh, your cousin or your auntie or your uncle that you knew that if you need something, you had. You always had a better. The fellowship of his suffering means there's a time with God where all your backups are gone. All those little avenues or whatever, they've been closed or stripped away. Now, that is a time that we fellowship with his suffering. That is a time that we start having Gethsemane, Garden of Gethsemane experiences. Yeah. Somebody said, God, the Gethsemane, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was the time that Jesus was on his way to the cross. That's right. And he was with his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. And he asked his, his, his disciples, he said, can you pray with me for one hour? And when he started to pray, he looked over. Instead of brothers doing warfare, they were doing snorfare. It was out. And so here Jesus was heading to Calvary Cross. The scripture says that he looked past the cross and looked towards the victory. The fellowship of his suffering. So he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Everything around him, his disciples, people who followed him, everything was on lockdown. He had no avenue he can go to. And when you're going through the, that's when, that's when an intense or increase of pressure comes. Because all your little, you know, maybe your little stashes or your little avenues, your little whatever, everything is on zero, dry, just shut down. You can't, you couldn't get a dollar if you coughed a dollar. Everything just shut down. And what's going on? You're going through the fellowship of his suffering. That's when the pressure is on. It says that Jesus was under great intense pressure. He was under so much pressure, he sweated drops of blood out of his body, out of his pores. That's some intense pressure. Have you ever been to some pressure that you didn't see no way out? And that pressure just, you, you, it was coming like you're going to lose everything. You're gonna, that's, the, that's the fellowship of his suffering. And when we go through that, Jesus went through that, and then he started crying out to the Father. He said, Father, if this cup could pass from me. During these times of the fellowship of the suffering, you have to be on God because you don't want to slip off into doubt and unbelief. That's right. You don't want to start doubting God. You don't want to start questioning God. He said, Father, if this cup could pass from me. He was an immense pressure. The fellowship of his suffering means when the enemy has turned up the pressure. Whether it's finances, 
whether it's physical, whether it's your relationship, the pressure is turned up and you don't have any avenue. You don't have you don't have no way out. That's right. And that's when you got to kick in. Yeah. The nevertheless anointing. Yeah. He said, nevertheless. Uh-huh. Not my will. But thy will be done. And whenever you go through intense situations with God and you stay on faith and you say, Lord, I don't see a way out of this. But nevertheless, I'm going to continue to trust you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to continue to believe in you. I'm going to continue. The pressure's on, child. Oh, yes. The pressure is increased. The pressure is that's the fellowship of his suffering. When you continue to trust God, and when you see God brings you out of that, (laughs) then you become like Paul. I'm fully persuaded. That nothing can separate me from the love of God. How is that? How, how, how are you able to talk there? Because hey, I know him. I know yes. him. I know him by obedience. Yes. I know him in the power of his resurrection. Yes. I know him that he has rewarded me. Yes, Lord. And then I also I know him by the fellowship of his suffering. Yes. I've been through some intense pressure of suffering. Yes. But I still remain the same. Yes. I still you, trust him. Nevertheless. I still trust you, God. The pressure is on. Yes. He doesn't get upset with you if you say the pressure is on. James yes. says if you're lacking wisdom, yes. you ask him for wisdom, he upbraided now. He's not gonna say, well, why can't you hang in it? No, no. You, you say, Lord, I know the pressure is hot and heavy, but nevertheless. Yes. I'm going to trust you. Yes. And once you do that, all this has to be done by what? By faith. Yes. You are going by what he said in his word. Yes. And the pressure is hot and heavy. Yes. Jesus went through this, he said. He said, Father, this cup can pass from me. He was under immense pressure. Yes. Intense pressure, but yes. he said, nevertheless, Thank you, Lord. not my will, yes, but thy will be done. Thank you, Jesus. And once you see God yes. in those type of situations, yes, Lord. when we do it by faith, we obey, yes. we do, yes. and reward, in those type of situations, God will give us not just a reward. Right. Now we start getting crowns. Yes. Crowns of glory. Yes, thank you, Lord. Crowns of glory. What's, what, 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 what are crowns of glory? What's crown? Crowns means now kingship. That's right. Authority That's power. Right. That's right. Crowns of glory that when we come out of that fellowship of his suffering by faith and we endure, withstand, outlast, endure, then we'll start receiving crowns of glory. This this surpassed a reward. This is crap. Now you have authority. Yes. To talk about that thing. Now. That's right. Because you have went through it, and now you can talk it with power yes. and authority, yes. where people can get set free yes. and get yes. delivered because you. you have went through the fellowship That's right. of His suffering. That's right. And you did it by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Let's go back to Mark. Oh, glory. 
Mark 11:22. Jesus answered said unto them, Have faith in God. Cultivating the God kind of faith. There is a persistent, excuse me, there is a positive faith and there is a negative faith. Both come by the same means or by what we listen to and believe. I want to examine another reason why our prayers may fail to work. It may be because we often have the wrong kind of faith. I didn't say that we lack faith. I said we have the wrong kind of faith. Faith is a belief system. Faith is belief in action. Remember I did all the teaching about the belief system and how that works. So faith is a belief system. The God kind of faith is positive. The human kind of faith can be positive or negative. It all depends on what we've been listening to. So in our prayer time, a lot of times our prayers may have failed because we have not exercised the right kind of faith. We may have prayed in human faith. We may have prayed in a positive faith of human faith. You know, I think something good is going to happen. Or we may have prayed a negative faith that I wish something would happen instead of the God kind of faith. Because the God kind of faith is always his word. So if you listen to good teaching for one hour and then negative talk for two hours, you're going to have faith for the negative. You cannot have the God kind of faith and just coming on Thursdays and Sundays hearing the word and then the rest of the time throughout the week you're hearing the world, the news, Entertainment, sports, you're not going to have the God kind of faith. So when you come, in, so when you go into prayer and you have not implied the right kind of faith because of what, remember, faith is a belief system, what you've been hearing. So you go into prayer and you may, you may not exercise the God kind of faith, you may exercise a human faith or a negative faith. Or a wish faith, a positive faith, instead of the God kind of faith. So the question needs to be, when it comes to applying the God kind of faith, before you enter to prayer, what effects are your words having on your life? What have you been saying? We need to examine ourselves before we get into the presence of God, What have I been saying? Because what I have been saying or what I have been listening to Uh to affect my saying, I'm going to take that into my prayer. That's right. All right. So when you stay connected to the word of God, you will bear fruit in due season. You'll get the you'll get your reward. The word of God needs to be the source we listen to for our faith. When you want to use the God kind of faith in prayer, the word of God needs to be the source that you're listening to before you get into prayer. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Before you get into prayer to believe God for your healing, you need to hear word on healing first. Because when you get into prayer, Uh then you're going to 
regurgitate God's word on whatever you need from him back to him. And the only way you'll be able to do that, because you've been hearing prior to prayer the word of God on that need or that thing that you want God to answer. That's right. Are you hearing me? Are you following? Yes. So now let's look at some practical ways of putting prayer into action. And in doing and, and in doing this and looking at this, you know, just like I've done with my wisdom teaching, uh-huh. I'm going to throw out I'm going to throw out some questions that you need to ask yourself to help you in putting prayer with practice. Okay? Number one, how much time do I spend in God's word compared to taking in other perspectives from television, movies, books, and the internet? I'll say it again. How much time do I spend in God's word making a comparison to how much time you take in perspective from What's on television, movies that you watch, books that you read, or being on the internet? How much time? Compare the two. Putting prayer into practice. Number two, which influence me most, God's word or what others say? Which have the most influence on me, on you? Is it God's word or is it what people say? Because if you honestly, like Apostle Paul said in the book of Corinthians, examine yourself whether you be in the faith or not. So if you can honestly answer these questions, then... That will help you to put prayer into practice. That will give you a measuring rod there to let you know to to let you know why you don't have a prayer life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number three. If faith is belief in action, and it is, what do my actions say about what I believe? If faith is belief in action, that means whatever you believe, that's what you're going to do. So what do my your actions say about what you believe? So if you say you believe in prayer, do you pray? You're only going to do what you believe in. There's nothing, there's nothing pocus pocus to this stuff. You're only going to do what you believe. So if you say that you believe in prayer, then you should be praying. If you're not praying, you don't believe in prayer. You might believe the concept of prayer. You might be, you might believe the idea of prayer, but you really don't believe in prayer because whatever you believe in, you will do it. Okay? Amen. Number five. Oh, number four. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What negative thoughts and ideas have I allowed to permeate my life? What negative thoughts and ideas have I allowed 
to permeate or to come to rule my life. Whatever the negative thoughts and ideas that you have allowed to come in your life, it will have an effect on your prayer life. Number five, are there people in my life who are more influential on me in a negative way than than I am on them in a positive way? I'll say it again. Are there people in my life who are more influential on me in a negative way then I am on them in a positive way. You need to ask yourself this. You need to be honest with this question because this will have an effect on your prayer life. Do you have people in your life who, who their negative ways are more influential on you than your positive ways is on them? Now I want to cover, real quick, three action steps. Faith is a belief in action. So we already start with believing, my belief system. And so I need to follow it up with actions behind it. That's why the scripture says faith without works is dead. If you say you believe and you have no actions, if you say you believe in the prosperity of God, and you don't give, you're not a tither, you don't give, you don't have faith. Faith without works is dead. It's dead. Okay? If you say that you believe in the word of God, and you don't read the word of God, you don't study the word of God, faith without works is dead. You don't have faith. Quit fooling yourself. James talks about that. If you look in a mirror... And see yourself in the word of God and then you turn from it and walk away and forget who you are. You're fully yourself. You're trying to say, yes, I believe God, but I'm not doing any, any of the things that he has said for me to do. You are fooling yourself. You are you are you are subject for to be deceived. So I would be honest with God. If you have problems in heaven prayer, say, Lord, I need help. Help me. I want to develop a prayer. Help me, Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. He's the comforter. He's the helper. He's the intercessor. He's the teacher. And if you don't need him for any of that, he's, he's standing by. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. So that's why we, we go to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need help in my prayer life. Holy Spirit, I need help in my word life. I don't read the word like I need to. So I need help. Help me, Holy Spirit. Be honest with God. Because God already knows what you ain't doing. He already knows. I mean, you know, you may, you know, you can fool me, but you ain't fool him. That's right. He knows. I mean, you know, you can come in here and play a little tough game like, yeah, Pastor, I'm, I'm so spiritual. I'm so holy. And God said, you leave life. You ain't been in the Bible in a month of Sundays. You haven't even talked to me. But you go for, go for the pastor. And see, when Christians come like that toward the pastor, mm-hmm. they want to know me. Mm-hmm. Not him. Yes, they want to know me, not him. Because, yeah, I may not know that you're not doing all that, but he does. Yes, he does. And... If God chooses to, he'll let me know that you ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, I could be over here <laughs> minding my own business with Jesus. All right? 
try to get a word or work it out my own salvation. And then all of a sudden, your face come pop up. Like, okay, oh, the Lord want me to intercede? No, the Lord starts showing me. Yeah, she ain't doing that. He ain't doing this. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Why you have to show me that? Now, the Lord would either tell me to intercede. Yeah. Or the Lord would say, this is going to be your new teaching series. That's right. <laughs> you know, if you choose to do that. I yeah. mean, and it's not like, you know, in my time, I'll be saying, Lord, show me what, show me what Sister Peter does, not you. No, 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 Like I said, I'll, I'll come over here, I'm, I'm me and my wife, we getting our stuff worked out and all we got to do and try to hear from God and get a good word and all that kind of stuff. And then sometimes the Lord will bring your face, pop up, and you're like, oh, Jesus. And then he'll either tell us, we want to, to either pray for him, intercede. This is going to be your new teaching series. <laughs> all right. Very seldom, and now this has happened on occasion, but it doesn't happen a lot. Very seldom God would tell me to come to you about it. It may have, it, it, it has happened, but that's, that, that's very seldom. Because God wants you to know him. So how he helps you in knowing him, that when you come here Thursday or on Sunday, and I might be teaching or preaching on something that strikes you. And you know that I haven't said nothing to you. You didn't say nothing to me or whatever. But it was, it's like, I know that. I know that. Pastor must be talking to my hood. <laughs> and I, I ain't been talking to your husband, you know. That, that, that is what's going on. That is God's way in the spirit. To help you to know him. Now, if something very detrimental, the Lord may lay in my heart and say, go to them, tell them. That you're not really, you're not seeing what's going on. But a lot of times, the Lord may show you either to me or to my wife, whatever, and then she might, you know, I might go home and she might say, you know, I was in prayer and uh, Diana came up in my spirit. And I said, really? Did she give you a call? No, she just came up in my spirit. I said, well, okay, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. So, so we'll, just, we'll just come and pray, touch and agree, believe God, speak the word over and everything. And then, you know, she might show up on Thursday or Sunday and say, you know what? I, I, I went through some stuff. I mean, God did some supernatural move. That's how God Works and what is he? What is he trying to accomplish in all that for you to know him? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so I want to give you three action steps. The first one is list any negative thoughts. List any negative thoughts. Counteract them with what God says in His Word. So it means what any negative thoughts that come to you, remember, those, those are not your thoughts. Yes, so whenever thoughts that come to you into your mind, counteract those thoughts with God's word. That's right. You know, if the devil put a thought in your mind, uh -huh. you're going to die. Counteract it. I will live and not die. That's right. You're counteracting those thoughts because those, those are not your thoughts. The enemy is trying to get you to conceive those thoughts. Uh -huh. So so either you counteract with the word or you cast it, cast it down. That's right. Also, now, I'm not going to die with long life I shall live. Yeah, and shall live myself. Right. You counteract. you got to counteract. I'm telling you, the child of God, which is something we have to do, and we do, we can do this in prayer time. Uh -huh. Counteract those thoughts. Because if you don't, and you meditate and think about it, then the enemy gets you to conceive it. Right. And once you conceive it, now it becomes your thoughts. Uh -huh. It becomes your belief system. Uh -huh. Then whatever you believe, you will do. Uh -huh. So you got to bring those thoughts. You got to counteract those thoughts. 
That was letter A. Letter B, decrease the amount of time you spend with negative people and increase the time you spend with those who are reading and living out the word. I'll say it again. Decrease the amount of time you spend with negative people. How do you know whether a person is negative or not? They're not spending no time in the word and in prayer. They're speaking things of the world. So you're going to have to decrease your time with them. Because if you don't, it will have an effect on your prayer life. <clears throat> decrease the amount of time you spend with negative people and increase the time you spend with those who are reading and living out the word. So now, somebody say, well, pastor, how do I know who is reading and living out the word? You, you will know them like Jesus said. You will know them by their fruits. Not by what a person says. By, by their fruits. Yeah. Are you seeing the fruits of God's power right. in their life? The number one fruit that we should look at, or we should become fruit inspectors, is the number one fruit that we should see a person who is um, reading and living out the word of God is obedience. Mm -hmm. That's the number one fruit. If you don't see no obedience, uh, they, might, they might be uh, eating off the wrong tree here. All right? And also you need to expect your fruit Amen. to see if you are reading and living out the word of God that number one fruit should be obedience. Now, over in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And it talks, it should be the fruit of the Spirit. And that first fruit is love. And all them other eight, they come out of love. All right? But how King James formulated, they have the fruits of the Spirit. But it should be the fruit of the Spirit. Because, uh, Romans said that the love of God been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So when he became born again, we were injected with the fruit of love. Mm -hmm. That's why the word said that's how, how you can tell whether you've been born again, how you can tell you've been passed from death unto life when you have a love for the brethren. That's how you can tell you've been born again. If you ain't loving no brethren, <laughs> you need to come back down to the altar. All right? That's what the word says. Amen. All right. And as Romans uh, 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That's right. So, so the fruit of the spirit is love and love is obedience. And God is love. And let us see the last one. Start developing the God kind of faith. By taking one situation in your life and finding out what God's word says about it. Start developing the God kind of faith right. by taking one situation. You have to, okay, tell God, listen, you, you gotta learn something here when you're walking with God. Don't, don't try to get God, or no, don't you try to believe God. For all these problems you got at one time. All right? From experience in doing that, it will defeat you. Take one situation at a time. And believe God. All right? Like David was facing Goliath, he said, I remember when God delivered me out of the mouth of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He named a sit one situation at a time. Yeah. If you try to believe God for all this stuff at once, if you have this gumbo faith, if I know you know gumbo, gumbo, got a little bit of everything. 
All right? It will defeat you. Because you ain't got, your, your, your faith ain't there for all that stuff. So just take one situation. Take one situation of finances, believe in God for. Take one situation of healing, believe in God for. Take one situation of walking in love, believe in God for. Forgiveness. Huh? Take one situation. You are developing the God kind of faith. That's right. All right? And in doing that, you'll start having a prayer life. Amen. All right. Next week, we're going to look at Jesus' model prayer. Not religiously, but we're going to look at Jesus' modeled prayer. We're going to look at Jesus' model prayer, and then we're going to look at Jesus' prayer, how he prayed. He gave us a model, and then we're going to look at how Jesus prayed. Okay, any questions, comments, revelations? It was a good teaching.